0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds. I'm the owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're talking about unemployment because again, our governor has shut down a whole bunch of the segments of the economy, most notably in Dining in restaurants, and that is really putting the hammer on our unemployment figures. So, today's article is jobless claims soar. Love that word, soar. Just, but not in a good way. Jobless claims soar as new restrictions hit restaurants and other Washington state businesses. I'm going to read kind of a quick description of what's going on, and this is probably the same thing that's happening in your state if you are in like a California or a New York or. I know there's a couple of the places where our podcast gets a lot of coverage. But if you're not, be thankful for you that you're not in one of these cities, because things are going kind of haywire with these shutdowns. Our governor, Jay Inslee, has shut down in dining and a whole bunch of other businesses from November 18th through December 14th. And by December 14th, guess what we're going to see is a bunch of spikes in corona cases from the Thanksgiving get-togethers, which we just had it's the flu season, that's what's going to happen. And then there's no way that our governor, based on the data and the science, is going to let us go back to normal anytime soon. So I think our, our December, and this is just for the state of Washington, our state, our um, December fourteenth uh, time period, end of the shutdown, I think that just gets extended way out. So I don't even think we worry about it. We just kind of deal with it. And if something better happens, great. If not, prepare for the worst. That's what I'm kind of thinking. So new claims for unemployment benefits jumped sharply in Washington State last week, with some of that surge likely resulting from new pandemic restrictions on restaurants and other businesses. And this is right before the holidays, right? I mean, if we don't have an inordinate amount of data and science supporting these are the companies, these are the industries that you should be shutting down, then don't shut them down, especially right now, because so many businesses need that income. They need the sales from this time of the year, because this is where such a large percentage of their income and their profit comes from, comes from the holiday season. How's your holiday season going? Not good. We're, We're not shut. We're shut down. That's that's the conversation we're having. For the week ending Saturday, Washingtonians filed 30,274 new or initial claims for unemployment benefits, a 79.8% increase from the prior week. State Employment Security Department reported Wednesday. I'm going to just go another couple of paragraphs here. Then we're going to get into a bunch of specific businesses that have actually shut down. And what I thought was interesting, it's totally separate article. What's interesting is to see the um, the actual responses for why these businesses are shutting down, per their owners. Nearly 8000 of those new claim new unemployment claims were filed by workers in food service businesses, which um, is likely attributed to the COVID-19 public health restrictions recently put in place. Not a shocker there. I mean, that's a pretty easy call. But um, it's happening. I mean, we've got a ton of restaurants, a ton of businesses out there that are a no-go at the most critical time of the year, and that is holiday season. People go out. They take their families out to dinners. You go out shopping. A lot of companies see a big spike in sales. They sell a lot of stuff, sell goods. Not happening. I was out on um, the day after Black Friday. I was on white Saturday. I don't know. What do you call the Saturday? Is that small business Saturday? I think uh, small business Saturday supposed to go out and um support your small business, but I've got a couple of small businesses. So I'm kind of already there. (laughs) But I went to the mall where there are no small businesses, really, it's just a bunch of chains. And um, sales down there were drastically off. Uh, The one shop I talked to the manager, they said that their sales were off 80% from the year prior. So it doesn't surprise me. But um, people are kind of scared to go out, they're scared to do anything. And um, there's no eating in restaurants right now. So this news relief, uh, release gave only a brief analysis of the surge in claims, but it occurred in the same week as Governor Jay Ansley ordered tighter restrictions for restaurants and many other businesses to combat a rise in new COVID-19 cases. But let's not look at the number of people who have actually died. Let's just look at the new cases. That's what we seem to be focusing on, because based on those numbers and hospitalizations too... But I don't see us being anywhere near close to capacity. That's kind of what I've been saying. Um, Maybe I'm wrong there. But it seems like we are just kind of hunkered down and shutting things down, not really knowing based on why or what or even the data in the science. Economists say that layoffs by employers who hire temporary or seasonal workers could also be a factor this time of the year. Mm, I don't think so. Not to have a spike like that coincidentally, the same time Governor Jay Inslee basically shuts down certain segments of the economy. No, that is a direct correlation of what's going on. Many businesses and trade groups have argued that the new restrictions will bring a new round of layoffs. And that is what's happening, I believe. You've got so many restaurants that got through the first shutdown and then this next set they're they're kind of like all right we're holding on so unless they borrow some money from somewhere because they're not really getting anything from the state they're not getting anything from the federal government um and they're not getting any from regular sales because a lot of these places are shut down can't do their regular uh way of business so when that happens guess what you've got a couple of different options and none of them are good and they typically involve shutting your company down, whether it's temporary or permanent. Those are your options. All right, let's move on to the second one here. And this is 21 more Seattle restaurants and bars close permanently during the COVID 19 fall surge. So these are the restaurants we're talking about ones that made it through the spring and uh, summer. And now they're kind of last gaffes going, okay, if we're shut down again. We do not have the finances to get through this month-long shutdown. Or it's just they it got to that point where they're like, uh, yeah, this this doesn't work anymore. This is this is the um, final nail on the coffin. We are calling it quits. So any list of restaurant and bar closures is incomplete, and this one is likely particularly woefully so, even in better times, such as uh, such an accounting is lacking, reliant on announcements, tips, and seeing places dark when they should be aglow. It's one of those things where you don't really want to announce, like, broadband, hey, that company closed, that restaurant is out of business. But then you also have to have some awareness of what the impact of what our governor is doing to small businesses right now, and that is choosing the winners and the losers, not based on the data or the science, just kind of willy nilly, wow. It seems to me that people getting together in restaurants that that seems to me logically that seems to me that that's a cause for a lot of our Rona, right? That's that's those are super spreader events. And I'm kind of joking there. But why else are we closing them? But but so many of these other industries where people are even closer and less manageable as far as the whole coronavirus restrictions go, safety restrictions go are still operating under way less restrictions. So, a lot of this doesn't make sense, but we just kind of deal with it and we kind of keep going. With recent day upon day of record breaking new cases of COVID 19 locally and a new dining in shutdown in effect until December 14th, many restaurants and bars have closed temporarily while many others are still making food to go. Trying to hang on, get takeout to help them through this is what the, this article recommends. And that is true. However, um, go and pick it up. Don't do a food service delivery that costs restaurants money, costs small business. Meanwhile, there are tense negotiations with landlords and calls for more governmental aid for an industry on the brink. And that's why I'm talking about this again because this is an industry on the brink and these guys are getting hammered and we need to talk about it a little bit more. So we can sadly uh, add award-winning all organic tilth, name of a restaurant, and beloved Boeing Field Diner, Randy's, I have eaten at Randy's and Randy's was pretty good to this tally, both commemorated in previous stories. And there are certainly more temporary closures that have already become permanent than those listed here. And doubtless many more to come. Here's the first one, Boat Street Kitchen and Lower Queen Anne, I haven't eaten there. This charming spot hidden away at the foot of Denny started out as a partnership between Renee Erickson and Susan Kaplan. And after Erickson moved on to many more things, Kaplan carried on, one of the partners carried on. Boat Street retained many loyal fans. But after 25 years, the last day of service took place just before the second COVID-19 dining inn shut down. So basically call it November 10th, something like that. A note from the staff cited the general turmoil of 2020 events and said that with one small team there were who was working over capacity, it is simply no longer sustainable to keep running their business. Um, we are forever grateful for your support. But business decision had to shut down. Here's the second one. Steelhead Diner. Oh, there's a group. This is Steelhead Diner, Blue Acre Seafood, Zane plus Willy's and Orfeo. I haven't eaten any of these restaurants. Rumors had circulated that Kevin and Teresa Davis would not reopen their portfolio of Seattle restaurants, including longstanding upscale Steelhead Diner and Pike Place Market and downtown's new Zane and Wiley's. Um, we met pretty much everyone we know at our restaurant, so this is a sad day for us. Thank you all for 15 incredible years. The couple, understandably, didn't immediately respond to add more, just shut down. But that is a, that's a, a whack. That is, um, that's four restaurants, boom, under the same ownership. Manu's Podega in Pioneer Square, it's old school Seattle. Chef Manu al says his little Pioneer Square... Spot got shut down by the city engineering department on March 9th due to a ton of bricks falling off the top of the building and crashing down on our ceiling. Man, if the corona doesn't get you, a pile of bricks falls on your restaurant. That is some horrible, bad luck. That is terrible. He hoped to reopen, but it was not to be. Meanwhile, he's temporarily suspended operations at Manu's Taco Windows, Oro Kitchen at South Lake Union's Gold Bar and Manu's Taco Truck saying this year should be written off completely and a fresh start should happen once the vaccine arrives. But there's a silver lining heads up. Alpha is taking this time to ready a wood fired pizza and gelato shop he's opening in Bremerton in 2021. And that's a that's something that I see a lot too is that there's been a whole bunch of new restaurants open up. And these are restaurants that probably in the works. Maybe they're filling a niche, maybe they're aware, okay, we still think we can make this go. We've already got the lease in place. We've got all the equipment. Maybe the, the clock is ticking on their loan, something along those lines. But new restaurants are opening up what a crazy time to be opening up. But if you can make it in this market, you can make it in any, any market. I tell my guys that uh, new guys that are looking at trying to put together a tough deal that if they can get through if one of their first few transactions is on a tough property, something that's you know tough to get financing on or it's just basically a tricky deal, it's not a cookie cutter. If you can get through that, and one of your first few transactions, everything else is going to be clear sailing. Not really, but relatively. And so if you can get if you're a small business owner or you are a restaurant owner in 20, and you've made it through 2020, guess what? You're probably going to be able to get through a ton of whatever else life is going to throw you because these are these are some of the most tricky times I've ever seen for small businesses, especially guys and gals who own restaurants. Here's a here's one that um, I thought was a good one Tarzan I Jane. That's a restaurant man needs to choose not just accept his destiny reads a quote from Paulo Coelho on Tarzan I. Jane's web- website, and the couple running the, the restaurant have chosen to close and return to Los Angeles, as they recently told Eater Seattle. Starting in 2016, chef Perfecte Rocher and partner co-owner, manager, butcher Elia Zane served a high-end, all-wood-fire tasting menu, along with excellent pale- Palea, I don't even know what that is, to much acclaim, but continuing on a dozen-seat Chef's counter scale during COVID-19 was not viable. All right. So it's just a tiny little restaurant. You got 12 seats. Can't make those numbers go. Doesn't doesn't make sense. Now, after some pop-ups and to-go efforts, they've decided on a different destiny and best to them. They're all done. Long Provincial Vietnamese Restaurant, that's in downtown Seattle. After a dozen years at the corner of 2nd and Stewart, Long Provincial said farewell on Halloween. While thanking loyal friends and customers, they said that with the pandemic's dearth of office workers, tourists, and showgoers, they could not hang on. The family's original restaurant, longtime favorite. Tamarind Tree in Little Saigon remains open and they say, please keep each other safe and continue to love one another through foods and life celebrations. So this restaurant is at the corner of Second and Stewart and it's been there for 12 years and because this is kind of a double whammy here because they are not only not open, but that area Second and Stewart has been very difficult with the amount of crime that they've got homelessness that they've got going on, lack of police action in that area. So not only is it difficult to run a small business there, it is incredibly difficult to run a restaurant there. Owners of the restaurants don't really want to go there. Patrons don't want to go there. Employees don't want to go there because they're kind of scared for their safety. And city leadership isn't doing a lot to help out those businesses in those areas. So if you are a restaurant and you are in downtown Seattle, that is a perfect double whammy. That's like the perfect storm to put you out of business because there's already so few people walking around in our downtown course. There are just hardly anybody there because everybody's working remotely. And then secondly, ah, your restaurant's been shut down by the governor. So if you can get through a, a couple of factors like that, again, the world is probably your oyster. After um, after we get through this, maybe into twenty twenty one. So, Barca on Capitol Hill. After two de- decades, which is one hundred and seventeen years in Pike slash Pine Bar years. Pike Pine. That is kind of um, that's right where Chop was. After two decades, which is one hundred and seventeen years in Pike Pine Bar years. The high ceiling lounge with the huge mirrors. Sinuous bar and trio of big curved back booths is no more. Manager Dan Carlyle told Capitol Hill Seattle blog that after considering 50 different ways to reopen after the March shutdown, they concluded that nothing made sense sense financially nor ethically. Barca had no kitchen. But the platter known as the ham grab was a happy hour hit and the general dimness and a long running jazz night represented a respite from the increasingly frantic neighborhood nightlife. Rest in peace, Barca. So it sounds like this was basically um, just a drinking establishment, no real food. And that during the era of the Rona has been just kind of a death sentence. Thank you. Yep, nice Have a good time. one. See you. Yep. Bye bye. Mailman. Now we got the No Bones Beach Club in Ballard. That's just to the north of downtown Seattle. The tropical themed vegan spot started as a truck, expanded out of the state and now has shuttered the original brick and mortar location. In an impassioned, hopeful essay on the No Bones website, founder Mackenzie DeVito wrote of waiting to evaluate how to continue operations safely during the pandemic, waiting to see if things got better rather than worse, waiting for the landlord to listen to reason all to no avail. It's still up to all of us to use our voices and actions to create positive change for the voiceless. Those of the animals unrepresented communities. And the planet DeVito said, the no bones team will never be done working for the world we want to see. They're not in business. That sucks. No bones beach club and Ballard done. Bar Sioux on Capitol Hill. Open since 2013. This low-key spot off Madison is done. Thanking a fantastic staff family as well as better best regulars. Also family anyone could ever ask for. As for the reason for the closure, let it be known. This is an interesting one. Let it be known it was not COVID that took us out, but a building owner unwilling to renew our lease. That sucks. The Boar's Nest in Ballard. After exactly nine years in the neighborhood, the two friends who started the place wrote a heartfelt post on Facebook saying that the hardest part for us is now saying goodbye to you. We will miss providing brides and grooms with their first meal as a married couple. We will miss dodging footballs and beanbags as we set up tailgating tables. We will miss sending graduates off in style with pulled pork and ribs. We will miss all the crazy events at SafeGo and breweries and wineries, and we will miss blaring country music and serving you in our little smoky home in Ballard. They thank fans for the memories, laughs, and, and love, and said, be good to each other out there. So so many of these restaurants are family affairs, and that's why it's so difficult for a lot of these people, because they want to continue serving their communities, and yet the economics are just such that it's like, this isn't happening This isn't going on. And even if it is a labor of love, you still keep pumping money into it that is not a long term good play. That's where people are at with this second shutdown here in Washington, they're kind of going through the finances and going, all right, odds are this is longer than a month. uh, Shutdown is going to be longer. Can we make it? The answer oftentimes in these cases is no. Super sad to see because a lot of these people have their life savings in these building in these restaurants, and um, it's their income as well. And it's their income of their employees. And it's the way that the restaurant industry works is a lot of the folks who are in the restaurant industry live paycheck to paycheck. It's not a knock. It's just kind of reality. And so for these folks, um, these are brutal times. So if you can, do takeout, go pick it up from your local restaurant. Crown Hill, Broiler, and Crown Hill. After months of struggling through COVID-19 and the regulations required to operate, that's another thing, is that all the safety regulations are almost making so much of this cost prohibitive and these restaurant owners, in a time where they don't have any available cash sitting around, they're being required to spend cash to make their restaurants viable with the new regulations. And it's like, oh, these guys are just getting put through the ringer. After months of struggling through COVID-19 and the regulations required to operate, we have closed our doors permanently, said owner Ken Nato. He wrote expressing appreciation and love for his customers and wishing you all the best in health and safety. El Diablo Coffee Company and Queen Anne, after a move to a new space, it is with a heavy heart that they announced that due to COVID-19, we are unable to provide a safe environment for our employees and guests and afford to remain open. So they're basically saying, can't do it with the restrictions, economically. This is a no-go, shutting her down. El Diablo thanks their genuinely phenomenal customers and notes that Sister Spot, Cloud City Coffee and Maple Leaf remains open and will honor all punch-slash-gift cards. Also a handful of other restaurants, AA Cafe Organic Talmaria and Cider House on Capitol Hill, done. Bloom Bistro and White Center, done. Little Sheep Mongolian Hot Pot in the Chinatown International District, Menchie's Frozen Yogurt Magnolia, and Zoe Yogurt in Green Lake. Those, those companies are all out of business And you could make an argument Yeah, some of them would probably go out of business anyway, just because they went out of business doesn't mean that it is all COVID related. But it sure makes it a lot more difficult to survive with all the safety restrictions going on. People not wanting to go out certain areas of the country basically just shut down on a continuous basis. So as you are out and about during this holiday season. Think of the small businesses out there that you often frequent. Maybe you haven't been to one in a long time. Maybe they're open. Don't know. It's kind of that cringe thing, right? Do I want to Google that one business I always go to or used to go to before the Rona? Google them, check them out, head there, go do your thing. Because these businesses need a ton of support because they're not getting it from the federal government. They're certainly not getting it from the state government. They need your health as a consumer. Do what you can. Get out there, support these businesses. And if you're in an area that isn't in a shutdown, thank your lucky stars, because those businesses are operating as as well as they can. Because even if you're on, you're fully operating, people aren't consuming the way that they have been. They're not doing normal, normal stuff. They're not going out. Everybody's hunkered down at home. People are, although there's less and less of that, you see more and more people out and about. But um, there's so, still a huge percentage of people who are not going out and doing the normal thing. They're doing everything online. And a lot of times that um, doesn't include small business because a, a lot of small business is brick and mortar. And that's what we're talking about. So support your, support your small business, which we had just this last Saturday. Support your small business Saturday. Go out, do your thing, do the best you can. And um, if you've got friends or family that own a small business, be supportive of them because these are brutal, brutal times. So that's it for me on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for being here. And um, that's it. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.